This is the Kick Aspirational Podcast. I'm Dave Vanderveen, and this is one of the most exciting episodes I think I've recorded to date in our third season. Not only because um, Claire Murashima, I'm not exactly sure. You're my cousin. What cousin once removed, I guess? Um, yeah. Second cousin, second cousin. My cousin. We're just going to call you cousin. I okay. Like okay. Great. And I'm sitting next to your uncle, also my cousin. Technically your cousin. Yes. Yes. My, so my uncle and my brother and you're it's this is like dutch bingo it's it, your it's, uncle your cousin your cousin right. was, and no one knows how we're related no one knows yeah. no one knows and we've got brian behind us brian newman brian say hi to everybody hello yeah he's our uh, he's our hr contact to make sure that we get in trouble on this podcast also Love that. a special friend yeah brian is is Bert's special friend as uh, I don't know how, how do we say this in the Calvin University alumni magazine do we say your partner no we say special friend special friend <laughs> well, I can just be my special lady friend so, right. so Brian's your special man friend pretty right. much for how yeah years. for how many years for how many years 16 special friends 16, 16 years years wow you um, could have a child driving by now <laughs> kind of killing time until we both meet the right woman well I sure hope you it's like the odd couple really <laughs> right. it really is yeah <laughs> You bought a house, house in Palm Springs together. You're just waiting, killing time until the right woman comes along. There, she'll, she's out there. She's out there. You might be done. Awesome prayers. <laughs> yeah, well, well, the hedge of protection's on its way. <laughs> um, but Claire, this is about you tonight. And I thought I'd bring in some special co-hosts with special man friends because yeah, you have- Yeah, of course. And I'm just going to, I think we should start out just putting the whole thing out there. Claire, you have a Put big- Put the whole thing out there. You have a big announcement. You're the, let's just, let's back up. Claire Murashi. Okay. Yes. Your, your mother, Cindy, is my cousin. That is correct. Uh, and uh, you're at Calvin Now University. It was Calvin Now College. University. Bert and I and my sister, my wife, Sarah. I almost said sister. My sister, Sarah, went there as well. Um, but when we were all there, it was Calvin College. Now it's Calvin University. And it's a, it's a Christian college. Is that right? It is associated with the Christian Reformed Church of North America. And um, only about 30% of people are CRC, but most people are Christian. Wow. So, yeah. are, how, what percentage are Dutch, though? Um, I think it's around uh, like 11 or 12. And I think 11 or 12% are also um, like North American minority students. And then 11 or 12 are like international. That's only 30%. And then the rest are like generic a white mystery. I don't You're know. You're not a math major, are you? <laughs> not. But you are the president of the, the student rest body. At You're the Calvin University uh, School body president, correct? I am. I'm the student body president of Calvin University. And what? Is and I'm gay. Well, ah, she stole it from you. This was. This was. This is. And you're announcing that Friday tomorrow, correct? I am. Yeah, I'm. I have an op-ed that's coming out in the Chimes, which is a school newspaper. It's basically telling um, my story and it's kind of a celebration of how we, in the 102 years that Student Senate has existed, we've never had an openly gay student body president. So um, excited to be the first. And I also kind of make a case for why we should have more um, faculty representation on um, on campus and have some people who are similar to us. Yeah. Who, are, who are gay? Yeah, or just, I don't know, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, you know? What are the Weird. terms these days? What are the kids, how are the kids, I mean, Bert, when you were at college, what did you call it? Facts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't use that word, I don't think. But, um, uh, no, I think no. there were no alphabets, there was just gay. There was just gay. I think gay mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And today, there's there's pansexual is one of the latest ones I've seen. Right. There's um, 
uh, obviously there's there's uh, there's gay, there's LGBTA, there's uh, lesbian, there's queer, queer, queer. bi. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. How are you? How are you defining? How are you identifying or defining yourself in this outing that you're doing? Yeah, I generally call myself queer. Um, it's just kind of a blanket term. I kind of encompasses every identity that is not cisgender and that is not straight. So, what, is, what, is, what does cisgender mean? Cisgender means you um, like present and identify as the same gender or the sex that you were assigned at birth. What, so. you, what, what gender were you assigned at birth? Female, and I identify as female. Do you identify as Dutch? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Japanese? Yeah, I'm just biracial, and yeah. I I have also identified as bisexual in the past, but I prefer to use the term queer because I don't know if I will, you know, be attracted to, like, men in the future, and, you know, sexuality is, is fluid, it can change, and I see myself somewhere between like bi and lesbian but for now I just like to say queer but if, if someone's like super unfamiliar with the terms sometimes I say bi because it's just easier and people really know what that means. I have a question my, my wife tells me I cannot identify as lesbian but I think I can is that true or false? Uh, for you to identify as lesbian you would need to identify as female I, I believe I mean I'm, I'm no expert but that's just what I think. I think he's willing female. to I can if it gets you where you want to go. Well, yes. Right. Which is lesbian. Lesbian you know. action. Cool. Right. No, I just, it's curious questions. I'm trying to navigate the terms and the, and the, you know, and, and just how we talk about this. I'm an older person. Right. I'm as old as your right. uncle, but I'm, I'm, I'm older. And, uh, and trying to understand <laughs> how we, how we talk about this in, in 2020. I mean, one, I think is fascinating when we were at Calvin, well, when you were at Calvin, you were older than me. Were right. there were there openly gay students? Interesting question. Um, there were people that you had a sense were just different, like Edgar but, Bouvet, the head of the art department. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there I, I can say honestly, there were, there was a guy that we nicknamed Pink because he literally wore pink all the time. Mm. It was the eighties and pastels were. Did that make him gay? It, well, he was gay. I found out later. <laughs> Strange, which wasn't so shocking when I heard about it. But I'm like, oh, well, yeah. So, so I, it wasn't. Go on. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I want to just get HR is ju jumping in here. So, Brian, okay, HR. So Claire, is there an LGBTQ club at Calvin? And if there, so, there is an LGBT. What do you call the club? Um, it's called SAGO, which stands for Sexuality and Gender Awareness. Are you a member? I'm not, no, I, that's not really my, like, my, okay. 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 you know, my club. Um, <laughs> no, no, don't say that. Um, so can we call you the queer pres now? That's my question. Sure. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. All we wanted. By the way, we're drinking out of share mugs that Bert gave us this week. So share, cheers. share things. Uh, yeah, cheers. Cheers. What are you drinking, Claire? Um, you know, I'm not gonna give that away just yet. Are you off campus? I am off campus. So I'm at my house. Okay. So Claire, at what question. point did you sort of start to question your queerness? Yeah, it was probably, I don't know. Before Calvin that you were sort of questioning and experiencing feelings that led you to where you're at now? Before Calvin, is that what you said? 
Yeah, before Calvin. When did you experience queerness and start to feel it for the first time? <clears throat> yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I feel like I had like just attraction to like girls and like females, like like just normal crushes that like you have in elementary school. Like I remember do having those in like elementary school and like middle school, like fifth grade in particular. Um, I had a crush on someone for a while. So and then that. who was it? I'm not gonna say. Cannot say that. Sorry. Was it at a Christian school? It was not. I went to public school my whole life until Calvin. Fun fact. So were you in Rancho Santa Margarita when you were having crushes on girls? Coda de Casa. Uh, I was at Wagon Wheel Elementary. Coda de Casa, California. Okay. Okay. So that was fun. Did that person know that you had a crush on her? No. Okay. Anyways, moving on to the story or like the next the next phase. Yeah. Um, yeah. Went through middle school. Didn't really like have any like romantic endeavors. Um, and then high school, I, yeah, kind of like started to more just like question and like figure out my like I identity, I guess. I went to like a pride parade in 2016 with like my friend who was um, trans and my friend who was gay and then another friend who identifies as pansexual. So like got a lot of identities in there, but we went to pride so together. Which what was, city were you at with that? Gay Durham, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Does North Carolina allow gay pride parades? They, yeah. <laughs> Good for them. It's, I mean, it's at Duke. It was like Duke pride. So, you yeah. know, and near, near the college campuses are more yeah, free. And at this point, did your mom know that you went to the gay pride parade? Yeah, she did. She drove us actually, because okay, we were like. This is Cindy Murashima. So you were having yes. conversations with your mother, Cindy, at this point. No, I just went to support my friends. Okay. Um, and that's what yeah. you your mother. You <clears throat> what you said? So yeah. you went to the gay pride parade. You told your mother to support friends. Right. And did your mother stay with you at the parade, or did she drop you no, off? No, she just dropped us off. Got um, got yeah. Got it. Okay. I think she picked us up too, but I can't really remember. At that point, but yeah. was she questioning why you wanted to go or was she? I don't, she I don't think so. At that point that you were queer? I heard my mom and dad having a conversation about after I got back from Pride, my dad was like, yeah, do you, do you think she's gay or something? And my mom was like, no, she just wants to like be an ally and support her friends. And I was just, I just remember hearing that upstairs and I was like, huh, interesting. Okay. So, um, so let's talk about that for a second. So your mom and dad, so your mother is, okay. uh, we don't think so. I don't think so. So your mother- I've asked her multiple times. I, I really, I had a sense, but she she tells me she's straight. She's sticking with the heterosexuality yeah. for now. Well, she married a yeah. Japanese. Well, so your mother married a Japanese man and she's yeah. from Dutch origin. So already we have questionable uh, mixed race marriages. Yes. I'm kidding. I'm joking. You know that. No, uh, but, but definitely. In all, in all seriousness, your father is a little bit more conservative than your mother, would you say? Mm -hmm. He is. How have your parents handled this this conversation? Yeah, I came out to my mom um, the spring break of my freshman year of college. So it was 2018 at that point. <laughs> and she, she didn't tell you guys? I think I mean, she keeps secrets. I, I guess that yeah. was two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago? Four years ago. No, freshman year. So four years ago. Four. Oh, it was like three years ago. Okay, because we're not in spring break time yet. Um, no, she mentioned some things to me that you were sort of experimenting um, mm -hmm. that path. And okay, so I sense a disturbance in the force, but that's all I knew. <clears throat> but so, so you're, so you told your mother. Have you told your father? I did. I told him actually this year. I told him in um, 
August of yep. 2020. Yep. So I intended to tell him so many times between um, my freshman year of college and now. So what prevented you from telling him? I, I don't I don't know because I knew that he was supportive and um I like obviously it's a privilege to have parents who are like super kind and supportive and it was just awkward and like kind of the culture of our house and like I just didn't know how to go about having that conversation it wasn't a conversation that I had had with a lot of people and I was really I was closer to my mom because she just like I vented to her you know she just knew me like on a deeper emotional level than um my dad did I mean they both know me and I like both obviously love them but I just didn't have the same like emotional depth and conversations that I had with my mom and what about Nicole talk to us yeah sister Nicole what is what is she thinking about I'm gonna I'm gonna read so um (laughs) you know Brian's a little bit further back and speak softly sorry I'm gonna read his questions he's shy so you love your mother more than your dad how about Nicole you know, she's great. Super, super progressive, like Chapel Hill liberal, you know, gotta, gotta love it. Social Justice Academy, which is like a program at our school that I did and that she did. So, you know, she's woke. She's great. Um, I told her it was during the dance marathon my sophomore year. And I told her because, the dance um, marathon. You raised, a, I think I donated. Yeah. yeah. You raise, we like raise money. Um, and it's like for, kids, for the Helen Children's Hospital, right? Yeah, I remember. So we've, we've, I started it my freshman year, and since then we've raised like fifty five thousand dollars, which is super cool. And I'm not involved anymore, but it's a great organization, and it was super fun. Um, but the point was that somebody who I was dating was going to pick up my sister from the airport, and I was like, oh, you need to, you need to know this before she picks you up from. Oh wait, so wait, was it a woman who you were dating? It was a woman. Ah. Yes. Was she identifying as a woman? Yes, okay. still does. I love that. Okay. Um, and so, and what what was Nicole's reaction to being picked up by your special lady friend? <laughs> well, I told her over text, like I think the day before, and she was like, "Okay." So didn't, she was cool. Didn't even phase her, probably. No, I don't think so. It's I mean, it's she has friends who are like I think one of her friends is by another friend is lesbian. Like it's not super it's not like a big deal you know it's just like okay cool that's a good opening to one of the questions i had is what it's like now coming Mm -hmm. out versus what it was like 30 years ago coming out so well is how is that topic for people your age what has been your friend's reaction we already know the family reaction but Mm -hmm. what's well we haven't heard we haven't heard don's reaction yet we have not we're holding that for the end okay sorry all right but i think now it's a good time to find out what don's reaction was what was your father's reaction yeah. when you told him? Um, he it was also like, oh, okay, cool. Like we support you, you know. It was pretty anticlimactic. He was just like, great. Like, you know, your mom and I, we were kind of wondering, but like, yeah, good to know. Thanks for sharing. Did he talk to him about that, or was he going in blind? Uh, I think no. My mom told me that I like had dated a girl my sophomore year at Calvin, so I think he knew that, but he didn't know like what I was like identifying as. Was it like a relationship or was it just sort of going out to dinner and hanging out? Or was it really an emotional Or was it like a softball game? Or was it more, I'm trying trying to find out, was it more an emotional woman to make connection? Hey guys, I'm kind of serious. What kind of dugout canoe did you (laughs) bring? I like the way 
Let's keep on this track. Uh, uh, I should have invited. So Christine and Maritza are very close. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Sarah friends, and I, who tried, adopted uh, Bert and right. Brian, we, they like us better, and converted Bert and Brian to liking lesbians because you guys were questionable. You're on the fence before that. Okay, great, love okay. that. But seriously, so you, what was your relationship like on your on your first relationship at Calvin? Yeah, it was honestly not the best. I wish I had like a you know better story of like <laughs> I was this model relationship and it was great because I feel like the people who are gonna hear this who like don't approve of like gay people are not gonna like this or it's just gonna like you know be fuel for the fire, but it wasn't super healthy. We fought like so much. We like really loved each other a lot, but what does that it mean? was just like, it had deep care for each other, for you me. know? Yeah, it was great. Um, but there's just like a lot of fighting and like you what need to fight. What would, what would be a fight between two women? Yeah, it was a lot of like friendship stuff. So I wanted to be like in the friend group that she was in and like her friends didn't really like me. And she didn't really make an effort to like hang out with me, like with like with when they were around. And I was like, hey, like, do you what are we going to do about this? Because I want to hang out with your friends. I don't want to be like this secret, like on the side. And um, I mean, that's not like that's just my side. That's, you know, not was that story, because obviously. she wasn't out and didn't want her friends. No, she was she was out. She was like very like um, proud and like. I don't know, extroverted and like just Did she feel really like you're loud. Just cool for her. Um, that's what I felt like. I know that like that's not the intention, but it is definitely what I felt. And I had a lot of just jealousy and insecurity um, in myself that I like projected onto that relationship. And like, I mean, we obviously were both broken. We both brought brought problems, but um, those were some of like mine that I brought to that relationship. Are you still but, friends with her? We are, we're actually really good friends. Um, she, whenever my like article is published, sorry, Ryan, <laughs> um, I'm gonna send it to her. background, we only have yeah, to, we I, have to I wasn't gonna participate, but now all of a sudden I feel like I am because I'm so curious about things. Yeah. But a couple questions. So what, what is, um, like what, what are you attracted to in a woman versus what you're attracted to in a man? Can, can you hear him? He's asking yeah. what you're attracted to in a woman versus a man. And question, third question, Eiffel Tower. How does, no, go ahead, answer the question. I actually don't know what that means. I'm just not gonna like- it's, 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 it's in France, it doesn't matter. So, no, but I think it's a really good question. If, if you're kind of a, uh, identifying you know, more broadly, what, what attracts yeah. a woman versus a man and you know, mm -hmm. And then also, I mean, I think I'd be curious to know. This what, is a lot of questions. What? Okay, so this is the first one I'm going to forget. I haven't seen you in such a long time. I have a lot of questions. And then my Chatty question Chatty. would be, what would, I mean, what would be a defining factor for you to commit to a man versus committing to a woman? Because yeah. if you get to a point in a relationship where, you know, maybe it's, what, it's marriage. I mean, are you open to committing to a man versus committing to a woman or could you commit to both right or do you want an open relationship i watched tiger king and not, i think you could, you know? you could commit to both that these would you do a throuple you know personally i think i'm monogamous i'm pretty sure that that is my style of relationships but um you know not everyone is and that's that's okay but i definitely am so i yeah just 
you know, jealousy. I don't, I don't really want to know that person. So she didn't answer the question. Wait, I didn't answer it like three of the other questions. Right. So in let's go back to man versus, you know, what attraction to man, what attraction to women, women. And I think in that mix, maybe talk about, have you dated both at, at Calvin University and what's worked, what hasn't worked? And, you know, how did you end up? Anyways, go ahead and just talk. Yeah. So um, what I'm attracted to, I guess, in everyone, it's just like people who are smart and people who are like socially aware of problems and people who are just like vulnerable and like nice and creative and can kind of like you know be on my level and like with just vibe with me you know it's kind of abstract but people who just get along with me and like who can be silly and weird um why do you hate uncle bert <laughs> oh wait you just answered that i mean for obvious reasons <laughs> other than the obvious i guess i have another question oh, God. So, I, wait i want to <laughs> so I, I okay also going back to this question that i did not completely answer i feel like my so the girl that i dated was like very um, like you would just look at her and be like, oh, another, you know, straight girl. Like she didn't seem or, like look stereotypically like what you think, what you think of when you think of like Describe her for us. Yeah. Gay or lesbian. Yeah. I think she's pretty. Um, she's. What's her last name? Vanderbilt? Thompson. Vanderwagen. Vanderwagensma? Hookstra. <laughs> she's not Dutch. She's, she's from Pennsylvania. And she's at Cal um, University? Oh, she graduated actually. Oh, good for her. Yeah, yeah. What was, was her degree? I she was a junior social work when I was a freshman, or and then she was a senior when I was a sophomore. No, I'm sorry, joke now. So she was a social. Wait, I didn't. Yeah, social work. We're making we're making jokes behind the scenes so, while you're talking. I like cannot hear it, so it's it's good. No, we it's think we're that fine. Way. So yeah, yeah. that's all you. I need. I believe it. So I have a question. Yeah. Live, do you want me to keep describing her? You live in Grand Rapids. I do. Do you know Janelle DeVos? Mm, no. Okay, just asking. She's the woman that turned your Uncle Bert. <laughs> oh, okay. No, uh, yeah. Not really. We just that's our inside joke. Have yeah. I not told you that story? I'm not doing it here. We're not gonna do it here. No. Tell us about so Brian's asking about sex in the background. He's saying, Can you can we talk about sex? So we can. Good, thank you. So my question is, do you feel that you're sexually satisfied by a woman or more sexually satisfied by a man or dude, both dude or that's both. my niece have you have you have you had both at once no well, no. no it's not a bad thing there's a lot of videos about that right so you you feel more sexual sexually satisfied by a man or a woman I, and i think that's a good question um well without giving up no, too much information i honestly do not know like i've had like good and bad experiences with both like men and women. Um, so what was the yeah. age in which you experienced your first woman versus your first experience with a man? Brian's asking yeah. first man versus first woman. Go into fine detail, please. Yeah. So when I was, I had a high school boyfriend. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, I did. Yes. Yeah. Great guy. Okay. Um, this is in North and, Yes. Yes. He's goes to school in DC now, but he's from North Carolina. And where, where in DC? <laughs> American University. That's all I'm gonna say. Nothing more. And um I remember him like asking if we could kiss and I was like, 
I didn't want to. I was like scared. I was like, oh, I don't know. But I was like, you know, whatever. Sure. Let's go for it. What, and then I remember what, were you? what kind of kiss? Like a lip kiss or a tongue? Yes. Tongue to him. What, what year in high school were you? Senior. Senior. That was my okay. first relationship. Your, your first kiss was your senior year. No, my first kiss was before my junior year. Oh, wow. With a my woman first kiss in a relationship was with a guy. Guy, but he was gay. My first kiss was a gay, gay guy, and he, he was gay. Just like he your mom. kissed me because I told him that I hadn't kissed anyone. He's like, "Let okay. me kiss you." I was like, "Okay." You know, your mom dated mostly gay guys before she met your dad, too, right? Uh, I did not. But my my gay friend, like, he's like, he knew he was gay. Okay. Did he know he was gay? Yes. Okay. He just it was just like a friend kiss, you know. It wasn't like a. But it was. It wasn't romantic. Okay. Wizard. Yeah, like when Britt yeah. and I kiss, it's right. very friendly. Right, <laughs> just like that. Okay. I always tell him no, no more tongue. We're cousins. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. I say no, but his mouth says yes. Oh my gosh. Right. So okay. your first kiss was with a gay man. Your junior year, it was a friend kiss, just so you would have one. Your real first kiss was your senior year. Yes. Did it go further than that, or did it stop with the kiss? No, that first kiss was just a kiss, and then I remember like going home, and I was like, in like really excited and happy but I was also like oh my gosh like I didn't really like enjoy that and then I like took the whole like I took an internet quiz like am I gay and I was like I I, I don't know um so, okay it's so, great that the internet can tell you that now yeah, right yeah it's, so it what, was a so super what, helpful quiz no, so what were the so what were the sort of factors that determined that you thought you were queer did you say factors I thought I did I used to I think he said factors. I don't think that's oh my goodness. for this podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I remember, yeah, I, oh, I definitely like have been attracted to him. Like that kind of came later, but at first I like, didn't really like feel the, you know, feel a spark, yeah. the connection. No so more. yeah, I just wasn't really there, you know? Mm. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm trying to think like what made me it was, I don't know, was, well, I mean, what made you guys, like, burn bright? What made you, like, Here's think? What made you moister than an oyster? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I hear what she said. Turn that back to uh, you guys, the interviewers. Feel free to ignore him. <laughs> so, in terms of um, sort of where we are at politically, because I think mm. the country is Ryan, speak up. He's saying where we are politically right I can, now. I can hear him. She can hear me. She can hear me. So um, who, who do you sort of identify most with in terms of an individual who, who will best progress your views? Of all the candidates or the two we have? Already? The two we have. I mean, who do you feel? Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Joe Biden. So let me let me pull the strings on this answer. Who do you feel best represents your It's got to be Donald Trump, right? I mean, okay. So, Mike Pence is the gayest candidate on the planet. Good answer. Yeah, he, Good answer. yeah that's. Yeah. So gay. Does mother know he's gay? <laughs> They're praying about it. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, you yeah, obviously, you how do you identify with the candidates? Um, I am registered as a Democrat. I have been since I got my like driver's license when I was 16 and they were like, what party? And I was like, Democrat. And I looked at my mom and I was like, ha ha, Democrat. (laughs) Is your mother Republican? They are. Well, they were in 2016. My mom is now a Democrat. My dad is like, I think independent. 
but he 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 didn't vote in this election because well, that means angry angry Republican. Yeah, change on time. So, uh, we love Don. Yeah. Don is Don's coming around. Yeah, Don's Don, for Don. You know, we're a lot for Don, but he's he's coming. He's getting along with the program. Yeah. So he we had a good conversation. He was like, what, we were talking about abortion at dinner, and I like they like oh. conference called me into dinner, and he was like, yeah, like I you know, I'm pro-life and have been for my life and I want to like honor the sanctity of life. But like, I'm everybody also, is, like, by the way, everybody is 78% of Americans don't want to have an abortion. I mean, I feel like it's a hundred percent of Americans don't want to have an abortion. Like nobody wants an abortion. That's, it's nobody not the point, abortion. you know? No, I get that, but where, where well, that's, that's a Pew study fact. Okay. Like, I mean, nobody wants to have abortions. Sure. The question isn't whether or not you want abortion. Yeah. Nobody thinks it's an awesome option. No, nobody, the question is like, it's very specific questions, right? So like the last trimester, Pete Buttigieg right. yeah, had Buttigieg. a great, sure. I, 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 I You're pronouncing it wrong. Buttigieg? But it's just she's wasted. <laughs> no, but I think I think like for example, the last trimester, one percent of abortions. Right. It's a doctor and a patient are worried about the life of the mother or yeah. a really unhealthy fetus slash baby. Right. Versus like the things that people come up with, the the, the random case, the random. Nobody is waiting till the third trimester just to piss off conservatives. No. Yeah. Are you sure? Oh, I'm all right. All the numbers point to no. <laughs> if you actually just do a little math on this, right? right. But but I think right. to your point. So your father called you about abortion, and, and what was his? What was the conversation? Yeah, and he was saying that like he wants like women to have an option to like, make decisions about what they want to do in like you know the event of an unwanted pregnancy, and that's it struck me because I had never heard him say anything like that because I knew that both of my parents are pro life and they have been. Um, for a long time, I would like kind of challenge them about this in high school, like at the dinner table. Um, but it, it wasn't very like give and take. It was very like, oh, like this is our opinion and that's yours. And like, that's that. It wasn't super conversational. And I feel like it's changed with my parents. Like they're more conversational now, which is good. Yeah. Well, and I would say to your point, there's a huge difference between do people want to have abortions? Nobody wants to abort. No. I think the question is, who should be making this decision? And by the way, okay. what's the state got to do with a doctor and a patient, right? Mm -hmm. Like if a doctor and a patient are saying, for example, a friend, this, this is a very classic example. Good friends of ours, um, the mother's in her third trimester. Mm -hmm. They just discovered that the fetus basically doesn't have a functional brain. So if the fetus is born, the baby is born, uh, it will live for about three minutes and die. Mm. But it's very dangerous for the mother to go through the process of having that baby. And right. so the third trimester of pregnancy that needs to be terminated for the, for the safety of the mother and for a baby that will not survive regardless. And they have to go to another state to have that termination now because of mm. changes in laws by state that have happened under this yeah. presidency. And I think, you know, and so like there was a Facebook uh, dialogue that happened around this and people started coming up with all these baloney uh, scenarios, non-specific scenarios. Yeah. And, and I said to them, look, when you're talking about 1% of the population and, or 1% of abortions and you're talking about very specific scenarios and you're talking about a doctor and a patient coming to a conclusion about what needs to happen with that, with that patient, mm -hmm. what, why does the state need to be involved in this? I don't understand that. I just have no yeah. idea what, what the state has to do with this. Definitely. 
And the only response was hypothetical. And yeah, I, and I yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And I guess we'll see what happens with Roe v. Wade if you know Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed. So that will be interesting as well. Well, I, I would also say that you know the great thing about Supreme Court justices is um, everyone gets surprised by what Supreme Court justices do once they're confirmed. Right. They rarely there's a there's a collegiality in the Supreme Court yeah. that tends to bring people together and help help them focus. The second they're confirmed, the politics goes out the window and they come to look at RBG and Scalia, yeah. really right. close friends. They surprise themselves with the, with, with, with the philosophical decisions they came to. And mm -hmm. I think we have this great opportunity to hopefully see even a woman who's part of, um, what do you call the, uh, what's this TV show with Hand, the, the Handmaid's Tale? Yeah, a woman who comes out of Handmaid's Tale. Right who could potentially uh, open up her mind. Well, this is the TV views. show presidency, so why not? Why not? <laughs> why not? I'm waiting for Game of Thrones, but I can't do it. Hunger uh, Games, bring it on. Yeah, so, so Claire, I, I have a question. Oh. And, and I guess yeah. um, this guy can talk. It's more about, I think he's on a Teams call, right? So it's more about the, the church's philosophy that your parents belong to. Good question. This is a Dutch, are, wait, are your parents Dutch no. anymore? No, there's no, no, they're not. They go to a non-denominational church and it's called Chapel Hill Bible Church. It's in oh, it's a Bible church. And what is, it their, is. what is their view on queer people? And yeah. Your yeah. And it's what, very like, hate the sin, love the sinner. It's, right. um. So can you be a, an elder or sorry, deacon or leader no. of the church? No. You so, cannot, no. And you remember um, the church? So. No. So how do you feel about that? What church will you go to when you're in when you're in North Carolina? So I I, I heard you. Okay. So <laughs> that. How do you feel about you know the fact that your parents belong to this church mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily support your point of view, your lifestyle? Yeah, I um view, I guess. definitely. It's a problem. No, I mean call what you want, but the bottom line is. Do they support a queer, as you identify with, lifestyle? Mm -hmm. And how do you yeah. feel about How queer is the, is, the, is the Bible church your parents go to? Very unqueer. Like very <laughs> straight. Like, so straight. Um, there was an elder who was advised, like, not to go to her daughter's wedding because her daughter was lesbian. So they didn't want the dad to go to her own his own daughter's wedding which is like really sad and the dad I, I i don't know that my mom told me that story i don't know the rest of it so anyways I, I, talk about how your mom is trying to i know i'm going to that's what i'm gonna do right. <laughs> interrupting me so my, my mom is started she started a group that's focused on like lgbtq um individuals in the church and like how to best like love them and at first she tried to like you know, really read the Bible and like see what the scriptures had to say and like get to the bottom of like the argument to like find the truth. But it's Which obviously like very nuanced and yeah. she was not able to do that because I mean, we've tried to figure out this topic for like 2000 years and we like humanity really just hasn't got to the bottom of it. So um, props to her for trying, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one, Cindy. Oh, okay. And then wait, wait. Okay, go ahead. Just, just stop. I have, I have a follow-up. Um, it's, it's a good I'm thing. Proud of my, 
queers in the in the Greeks okay. and Romans, but go ahead. And, okay, words, anyways. Not at all. And I feel like if they just like went to another church and just right. left, like Chapel of Bible Church would continue to be the way that they are. But because my mom right. has influence and connections, like she's able to change it from the inside. And um Is she? Yeah, like, like she's trying. She, she's trying she's like met with elders and um the pastor has made like some affirming comments in his like preaching like i mean it's small but it's like she's getting the word out and she's at least providing a space where people can know that like they're loved if they're like queer at that church and i feel like a lot of people are like no your your participation in the system like just validates the oppression that it um you know stands for and it's it's a hard you know it's a hard thing like do you just you know leave and go to somewhere else and like what do you think about that right yeah i mean obviously i'm the student body president of a christian college so i mean i'm i'm a change from the inside type of person but i i'm really sympathetic to the argument of like just leave go somewhere else and like Hmm. you know just feel i don't know what the word let let me just say publicly that i admire you for that for sticking it out and implementing or at least trying to implement change from within because mm-hmm. I early on, and I went to Calvin too, 30 years mm-hmm. ago, 32 years ago. Was it Calvin University? It was Calvin College. Um, it was also Calvin left, College when left, I started left, going there. It was very clear to me um, as a gay slash queer person that these were not my people. To identify was, queer? Yes, I did. Well, I don't know. Um, I'm just, just call me gay. That's fine. Um, Can I call you? But it was no. clear that these were not my people. This was not my religion. This was not my culture. And it was the only option I saw to get as far away from it as I could. But weren't you a cadet? So I was a cadet. I excelled at cadet. That's a Dutch Christian Reformed version of Boy Scouts. Yes. And by the way, it would used to be called Dutch Christian Reformed. Now it's just called Christian Reformed because the Dutch abandoned it. Yeah. So I, I applaud you for, for sticking with it and trying to change it. I cynically have sort of left it for others to figure out. And that's okay. Like, oh, I mean, it's, it's what it is, but well, well, here's, here's, here's what's so, so we moved. So when I went to Wheaton college, which is more conservative than Calvin, yes. um, I was, I was a philosophy major and I started going to Episcopalian services because a lot of the, the, like the best, uh, literature philosophy professors were all Episcopalian. Right. Mm. And And we started going to Episcopalian services and it was like, I was like, where was this when I was growing up? This is right. like the coolest church I've ever seen. Like the mm-hmm. liturgy is insane. Yeah. The people are super smart. They're way tolerant. This is just like so cool. Yeah. And, um, and it was super like evangelical. Like we would do marches around the church on feast days and then have feasts. I mean, it was super awesome. It was like Shakespeare wow. in the park at church. Right. And I was like, oh, man, this is like, this is super insane. And so then, you know, we were, I've been Episcopalian most of my life. We came to Laguna, my college roommate went to uh, this evangelical free church, which is effectively a Bible church. And my concern with Bible churches is um, they pretend there's no theology, which means they're just hiding from a theology because there's always a filter. You're always reading something through a filter. If you you say there's no filter, you're either lying or you're naive. Mm. And, you know, they were saying, oh, we got to have this argument about women in church. I'm like, we did this 20 years ago in the Christian Reformed Church. I don't want to have this again. If you don't get this, I don't want to go to your church. Right. And then it was yeah. like, what about the gays? And I'm like, uh, I'm pretty sure the gays are cool. I don't, I don't get what we're arguing about anymore, right? Right. right. 
And so the funniest thing is like a few years ago, we, we just trans, I was like, I'm done arguing with these people. I don't care. They're nice people, but I just don't want to be here anymore. We went to the, um, we, we switched over to St. Mary's Episcopal and I was traveling, it was Easter Sunday. Our younger son, Willem, had recently, you know, he had discovered young ladies. And uh, so he's not gay. Strange. I mean, he's not opposed to gay, but he's right. not gay. Fair enough. He came down, Sarah was home, and he had this ascot on going to the Easter church service, <laughs> which is unusual. Even, in our, even in our home, that's unusual. We do wear, I, I do have ascots in my closet. He <laughs> did pull one did. out of my closet. He right. put it on. He knows how to tie one because we're Vanderveens. But um, he comes down for Easter Sunday and Sarah's like, why do you have an ascot on? She pulls it back and she's like, I thought someone abused him. It was a muffler. It was, I don't know what happened. And it was just like Nikki's top to bottom. And, um, and she's like, oh my God, we're going to Easter service. It's going to be terrible. My son has an ascot on. They show up late and all the gays had like hats stacked on hats because at our church on Easter Sunday in Laguna Beach, uh, they were it's it's like a it's a it's a pride it's a pride parade right and and sarah said she goes you know what was the best thing about that was all of the things i was concerned about all the things i was worried about melted away and we just had a great sunday service and i said to her yeah and you don't have to argue with anybody about anything because everything's okay we're accepted grace is so broad and so and the love is so deep that doesn't matter Mm -hmm. And I, and I, I, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm not trying to, to, to direct this conversation, but for us, that was a huge kind of, um, we always knew, for example, the Episcopal church was a good place for us, but it just, right. it wasn't because of anything other than there's just deep love and broad tolerance. And as, as deep Dutch people, that's an important factor in our life. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. Sarah's mother is a Presbyterian, Presbyterian. minister. Okay. And they're, they're uh, all that's what we grew up as. Okay. But, but she's PCA, not PCUSA. I don't even know. Because <laughs> affirming one is not. Well, she's in Berkeley, so definitely they're affirming. Right. Yeah. I feel like the CRC is going to have a split soon. I hope that I'm the cause of a denominational split. Yeah, I think yeah. I can do it. I, mean, I think I can. So is, is the C- so my, my parents left the CRC. And so my, you know my, my parents, Ted and John. I do. Yes. And, they live in West Michigan, where you are. They live in Holland. But they live in Grand Haven, but they're about to move Grand to Haven. But my father was the president of the, of the so they they shifted from CRC to, to so from the Christian Reformed Church mm-hmm. to the Reformed Church. Mm-hmm. That's like going from Pope I, to Calvin. I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, that's going from Calvin so to Pope. What's the difference? I don't understand. Well, that, Brian, this is a, there's a myriad of differences. Because <laughs> I'm a Jew, so I don't know, I don't know the difference. By the way, we've got a Jew in the room and a, as a gay Jew. So right. who knows what's going on in here? Right. Who knows? But, but when my father, as the president, get this, a CRC man became the president of the Reformed Synod in Holland, Michigan. And they had this whole conversation a while back about can, you know, the New York Reformed Church right. was uh, allowing gay uh, pastors and the West Michigan Reformed Church was a little uncertain about that. <laughs> Shocking. And, and what my father said as the president of the synod, which is like the governing body for right. the for the church in West Michigan, is he said, our foundational premise is love. The question is, how do we love people in our community? Let's have the discussion from there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I'm not sure what they just what what they just, what they decided out of that. But I think, uh, Claire, tell us what you would like to see happen in the CRC from all of this. 
Yeah, so I I don't know if this is like because the CRC is more conservative than the RC, right? It is, and it's and the CRC is more conservative than Calvin. So, um, at least for the CRC, there's, there's people in Iowa and other places that you can't trust. Yeah, no, no one can go to the door and canceled. Yeah, a little bit. We, we try. But for the CRC, I would like them to just like affirm like queer people, like LGBT people, and say that like. Um, start with love and like don't start with like you know it's a sin like you might believe that like I mean that I don't love if you believe that but if you do I'm gonna respect it but like don't act in a way that's like trying to get someone to either like be celibate or convert to straightness whatever that means and or so it's not a good strategy or something well here's a here's a here's a follow-up to that so that the Dutch Christian Reformed Church has a lot of Uh people who save a lot of money and, and invest a lot of money and yeah. are money oriented. Yes. I mean, Brian, no offense. We're worse than Jews in many ways. Um, as, as a people. Yes. So a Dutch, as yes. a Dutch okay. people, correct. no one's addressing greed. No one's addressing, which is by the way, is a cardinal sin. No one's addressing. Hey, these people are focused on money and, and investments at, at, right. at the, at the essence of it, but love them anyways. No one says that in your church. Yeah. So why do we address uh, the gay gene in the church? You know, it's a good question. I've asked myself like a similar thing because in our Fen document at Calvin university, do you guys hear about that? Were you there? What's the, the Fen? It's like the front every nation. It's like Calvin university's what? commitment. It's it's called the FEN. It stands for From Every Nation, and it's whoa 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 whoa. It's like Calvin's commitment. Yeah, crazy. Well, but it's like Calvin's commitment to education and to anti-racism, and um, something that it says is like you can't address like the injustices of like racism without looking at other injustices in the world, and that's a pretty progressive thing for a Calvin University document to say. And it's interesting to me how they say that. And um, obviously like LGBT like topics, like that's a big injustice in the world. And even if it's a lot better than it was like, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, it's still, we still have zero openly LGBT faculty or staff. And um, our handbook says that we can't discriminate. And like, yes, there's a rule, but like we've built a culture that discriminates because um, yeah, there's, there's people who have been queer and they've been, um, they don't work at Calvin anymore. And can also you queer, people can don't you, really get hired. Quick question. If you're a student on campus and you're living in student dorms, sex, is sex still against the It is. Yeah. Not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to drink. You have to have your door like propped open. If you have somebody of the opposite gender in your room. Oh, what your question, fine. question. This is great. This is why I was asking the question. Yeah. So let's say you have a loft in your dorm. In your third floor. Which 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 dorm are you in? Uh, Beats Feenstra first year, Rooks, uh, Rooks Vendellen second So year. let's say you're in Rooks Vendellen, you have a bitch in loft. Yeah. Third you floor. have someone from the same sex in your loft and you're just mm-hmm. going to town up there. It's allowed. And your, and your door's closed. I, is it cool at Calum? Totally University? Cool. I mean, you're not really supposed to have sex in the first place. So like, no. Well, oh, but... but you're female. Oh, also still not allowed to have sex. Okay. Still against the rule. Calvin and I'm not, I'm actually defending them. The rule is no sex for everybody. Yeah. 
if you're not married, you should be having sex. That's their position. Can you get your gay or not? I only did one year at Calvin. I was at Wheaton for the first three. They were prepping me to get kicked out. You made up for, for so, three years at Calvin? Uh, I was off campus, so it doesn't count. But So when you're at Calvin in the dorms, what is sex? Um, you don't know? No. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, we can like... definitions that maybe Calvin does. I'm just, I, I I'm wondering how it's defined. I, I don't think we ever defined it. So I if you're, I don't, say, I don't know if Calvin defines it. Yeah. Let's, so let's say that you're in a, you're enjoying your time with your special lady friend in a dorm yeah. with clothes at Calvin, mm -hmm. but there's no penetration. Is that sex? I don't know. I mean, probably. Why? Um, that's a good question. I mean, Calvin doesn't really like define it, you know, like I feel like as an institution, there's a lot of things that we just like stray away from and like defining sex is one of them. My, the advisor of student Senate actually um, asked, cause we were like, as I was an orientation leader and we were like signing a contract that was like, we won't like get drunk while we are orientation leaders, like on campus, we won't like have sex. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, there's a lot of like he was like, like, he was like what is it? Right. This is like a pretty tolerable out. I'm off campus. Right. I'm not going to right. No, and then he at he raised his hand because his coworker was presenting and he was like, What is sex? And everyone laughed. Oh, but I was like, yeah. gosh, like that's a good question because yeah. we don't really talk about it, you know. Well, okay, so I'm I'm gonna throw this out here. It's a little provocative, but when I was at Do Wheaton, it. when I was at Wheaton. I was surprised. I didn't come from an evangelical fundamentalist background. Mm -hmm. I go to Wheaton College and there's these people that I do not understand. And yeah. there were girls who thought, what, okay, wait a second, what do you understand? Well, their definitions of sex were very different than mine. My, my oh yeah, like the little loopholes. Well, like, so they had all these loopholes in the butt, yeah. in your mouth, no. like all these things. If it's not vaginal sex, it's not sex. And I'm like, and these were generally agreed upon? Well, I thought it was very, I thought it was excellent. Right. Who doesn't like an out? No, but I just, I just thought it was very strange. I mean, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm being yeah. funny, but I, I, I thought, sure. it, I thought it was highly irregular that there were all these penetration right. things that could happen that weren't sex yeah. and vaginal sex. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't. Of course, I didn't question it because it was to my advantage, but I was just like, really? Like, that's not sex? And I was like, where I came from, all this was sex. Right? I don't yeah, know. no, definitely. Hello. interesting point in this oh, yeah. conversation. Oh, you did. All I heard was penetration. I was like, wow. This is my wife. We've had penetration. We've had two boys. Twice we've had penetration, at least. Yeah. I know Claire. <laughs> He's no. like, this is my wife. No, I know, but, but this is for the audience. This is for the audience. Sorry, for the audience. We're, we're recording this on here. Hi, Claire. I did. Okay. okay. Brian's been asking, by the way, Brian's been asking tremendous questions this evening. Oh, yeah. And, and Claire, I wanted your yeah. uncle and his partner to be asking a lot of the questions because I thought as a straight man, I'm, 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 I try to be woke, but I'm not sure anyone believes it. No. And I, I really wanted... I love Sarah's laughing back there. I I wanted like a surprise guest on the podcast because I wanted yeah. a couple of dudes from the OG to ask you about <laughs> this whole program now. OG. Oh, right. Original, Original gangster, Brian. Oh, okay. Yeah, as a Jew, you probably don't know that term. <laughs> <laughs> they tend to not be in gangs. So I guess well, it's, a, it's one gang. <laughs> it's a tribe. It's, it's a, a tribe. tribe. Yeah. Else. <laughs> so Claire. Yeah. 
I still have a lot of questions. Brian has questions. Yeah. I, oh. I, I tried to shut him down, but he can't stop. Bring it on. Yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's a chatty cat. I'm, I'm like third in coffee. So, <laughs> what, what is your what is your hope, Claire? What what is it that Good question you want to accomplish by coming out as the first gay president, president. El President? Do we call you El Presidente? El Presidente. Yeah. And, I mean, what is it that you hope to accomplish, and what is it? What message do you want to send to right. students and to alumni, us, alumni, and to the sixty-five thousand people, and to the synod and the CRC, <laughs> to whoever, the donors, uh, right, right, all of them. I have a different message that I want each group to know. Yeah, we, I mean, first, we, we we walk away with today. I, I wanted this. Yeah. My ultimate hope is that we would have more representation in like the faculty and staff. Like, if I just had one professor who was like lesbian or like bisexual like I feel like we could have really connected and um I don't know when when like I feel like it's easier like as a business major for like all the Dutch white dudes to like connect with our professors because a lot of them are Dutch and white um but it's it's harder for like me to connect with them because I just don't really have as much in common and like a lot of my professors are really great and I'm not saying that they're not but you know I just I just want some representation and like the makeup of our professors doesn't match the makeup of our school and it doesn't match the makeup of our world or the kingdom of God. So I just, I want it to be more representative. And then I also want um, for students who are queer at Calvin, like I want them to have a role model of somebody who is a Christian, who is proud of that and like not going to walk away from the church, but also is proud of their queer identity because I had none of those role models, like as a freshman or like as, you know, a middle schooler. And I just wanted somebody to look up to. And I hope that I can be just, you know, at least one person where students who are like queer questioning or confused and in the closet can, I don't know, come to me as a resource. No such thing existed 30 years ago. What's a queer Christian look like to you? Me, I don't know. Me and my ex-girlfriend. Yeah, somebody who, it's just like a Christian, but they're queer. It's, I I don't know, I feel like it's a good question. Sarah just came in. She was the editor of Dialogue. She was on the Chime staff. Mm -hmm. Um, We had many queer friends at Calvin. Tell us about queer, so Britt's gonna talk about queer at Calvin. 30 years ago. What? We're going to talk about Queer Calvin 20 years ago. We were I, not 10 years ago. What's wrong with you? Oh my God. I'm, I'm mostly interested in what Claire has to say, so I want to put it back to Claire, but I will say that, of course, I had gay friends at Calvin, but that were out. gay Christian friends, but they didn't. Mo- they, most of them didn't they went to Sons and Daughters bookstore, yeah, but most which was a, which was a gay bookstore and coffee shop. And so, okay. and I felt. And I am, I'm, I guess I'm- There was an underground that, when we were there. I'm happy mm-hmm. that you're helping create an environment. But we also had, can, can I just out. say this? We also had, so there's a, there was a, the head of the art department when we were all at Calvin and he was a good friend of my, my family was Edgar Bouvet. And Edgar Bouvet was as flamboyant as Liberace in many ways for the Dutch. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say more. More. Yeah. More and, red velvet. And so- Edgar, so let me just put this in context, and I'm not, I, I apologize if Edgar's, you know, not with us anymore, I don't think. Um, Edgar and his wife, Irvina, but they lived uh, down the Thornapple River from my grandparents, and he and, his, he and his wife had a house, and then their friends also had a house, were also Calvin professors, and the mm-hmm. wives were probably 
together and the husbands were probably together and they mm -hmm. built a life where they could be next to each other and do whatever they needed to do. And Edgar, they had a summer home in Grand Haven. And of course my father knew them really well because they lived next to my grandparents on the Thornapple River. And then they came to Grand Haven where we live and he would do all the art for our church. And he would show up in literally red pat mother shoes and a fur coat, like literally Liberace gay. And my father would say to me as a child, he would say, Edgar is flamboyant. And, and I would look at him and go, well, you mean he's gay? But my dad didn't know what gay meant because you couldn't say he was gay in our church. Mm. And he was the head of our department. And my, and my grandmother would go on trips to Italy with him and yeah. see all the art in Italy. And it would, you know, buy new Ferragamo shoes. And it was, you know, and it was, he was a wonderful man who figured out how to have a life in the world of the Dutch CRC and be gay yeah. and, and be married and have friends who are married next door right. and have their life together. <clears throat> yeah. And I'm hopeful that we don't force people into those roles anymore just yeah. because we have these, these kind of uh, ways that we have to put the world. Yeah, he was- And <clears throat> I don't more think we will. Yeah, he was, he was the same age as like, well, he was older than our parents. Was he? He was okay. a generation older than, he was probably in between my grandparents and our parents. He was probably 10 years in between, right? Right. So I, I think things were very different for that generation than they were for my generation. You could never say you were gay in that generation. Oh God, no. And even my parents' generation. It was the odd couple. Right. So you're, you have, you were confirmed bachelor or not, or you had a, you know. A you were a bachelor with a, with a, a woman who looked a lot like a lesbian. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I want to kind of get back to you, Claire. And yeah. Uh, Why is Brian here? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what what is it that you would want to share with maybe other <clears throat> Calvin students who are either mm -hmm. positive or not that yeah. help them? sort of well especially if you come from a more conservative family sure yeah mm -hmm. and you're and you're thinking wow i might be gay right janelle devos didn't do it for me right right, right. <laughs> maybe maybe I, I like men i have more to say so, i'm not going to so yeah, what, go what, on what is it the message that you would <laughs> say to students who are maybe next door to you or just mm -hmm. struggling with who mm -hmm. they might be sexually Mm -hmm. at Calvin who you know who are and and this might surprise you but I I went to a Christian university as a Jew I went to he was Chapman. horribly confused by the way horribly I, I went to Chapman University as part of my graduate studies which is a, a he has neither converted to Judaism or heterosexuality <laughs> right wow so I'm still praying I, I just want to hear from you like mm -hmm. what is it that you would share with students who are struggling with you know the issues that maybe you're struggling it's, it's the identity issues right right right, right. Yeah. but i don't think you're struggling anymore because i think you're out i think you're proud i think so too yeah i do too but you seem but well adjusted claire very well adjusted but there's a lot of students who aren't and they may be living right next door to you or they may live well maybe there's financial consequences if they tell their family or there may be financial yeah. Or they may be living across the hall from you. So what is it that you would share with them that might help them be to a, a point where you're at today, which is- Yeah, oh, that's such a tough question. I feel like I don't have like a specific message to share, like 
not some one thing to tell them just like one like show them love and like show them like God's love and like that God doesn't hate them like that's a good that's a big thing to know um but also give them space to question and to have a role model and someone to look up to and um ask them the questions I had one of my friends Grace is queer she's a lesbian she graduated a year ago and she was someone who like my freshman year I would just like ask her questions about like her faith and um also like dating a woman and it was just like good to have that space and like to know I had someone so I don't know I feel like just find a mentor find a role model is like the best thing because you don't really always learn from like what people say but you learn from just like modeling what they do and having someone to look up to is um has been really good for me and so, I would hope that people can find someone like that for themselves so who who were the people that you looked up to during this mm-hmm. process because I yeah know, and again I, I'm just asking were there people at Calvin who you looked up to or were you mm-hmm sort of looking up to individuals as role models outside of the university or? Yeah, great question. So there's actually an editor of the Chimes um, seven years ago. His name was Ryan Struick. I always get his last name. I don't know how to pronounce it. Struick. Yeah, (laughs) yes. To make up a desperate pronunciation. (laughs) No, Struick. It's Struick. That's his last name. But he was gay. Still is crazy. And he came (laughs) out in the Chimes seven years ago. And Times, like, have changed a lot from seven years ago to today. He basically wanted to move people from, like, oh, it's, um, I don't know, people who were, like, super conservative to, like, the middle. Like, that's what he wanted to do. And he did that. He just like told his story of like being gay and like being a pastor's kid. And um, I really looked up to like one, his story and like how he wasn't super like burn the place down. Like the CRC is terrible. It's horrible. He was like, this is my story. I think like I'm sharing it. And like, you know, stories change more hearts than like logic and arguments will, especially if you are somebody who um, is more, like, conservative and not really vibing with the whole, like, LGBT rights thing, so I look up to Ryan. I actually met him, um, like, two weeks ago, and we just, like, walked around Calvin, and he, like, talked to me, and that was really great, and then I also met with, like, actually, like, 12 people in, to either edit my article or just to, like, talk, so I really appreciate Professor Dumay. She teaches at Calvin. She's, like, Wait, Do you guys know that's her? Not a, that's not a Dutch name. It's like, I, yeah, I don't know if it is. Oh, it is? It's like, is it Dutch name? Maybe. Her name is like Kristen, I don't know how to say. What? Yeah, anyways, she's great. She wrote a book called Jesus and John Wayne, and it's about like toxic masculinity in the church. And she um, wants to teach a class about like John Wayne? Jesus and John Wayne. And it's about like, evangelicals and toxic masculinity and how um we portray jesus and how that contributes to like just masculinity in america and like how we see um people no, CNN did, a, did a story on that actually I, on fake news brian is making this up no i don't it, <laughs> she yeah she's had a lot she's been on like um npr and She's written for NBC. Coming here to talk. Yeah. Okay, good. I thought Sarah's I saying, and Brian, Sarah's confirming, Brian, 
she does this all the she time. She always backs them up. She, why do you? It's why? always them against us. Why is that? Because we're better. I think they're both saying it's correct that uh, she's been very popularized been, and that I, Jesus and John Wayne has been all over the She was literally on like, she was on Fresh Air. She was on the NPR yeah. interview. Yeah. So he hates Fox News. As she should. <laughs> it, it probably. <laughs> But yeah, I like we talked and she was like super encouraging to me. And she was like, yes, do this. And like she writes letters to the administration every few years. It's like, yo, we need to like change this. We need to like love LGBT people more. So that was really nice. Also, not as well known, um, but Joe Kylema, super encouraging to me. Uh, love me um, loving Bert more. Right? like... <laughs> No, what? It's what we're supposed to do. Right I now. love you like family, but no, don't no, touch no, me. no, no. I'm, how do we? How do we do this, Claire? I'm trying to love gay people you. more. Is this right? Am I doing it right? Hello. Uh, okay. Hello. Okay. I'll All be right. Brian next. Yeah. He's getting angry now. Yeah. All right. Very jealous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So if I can be actually serious for a second, which is be so serious. Me. Um, I'm going to answer answer part of Brian's question about what would you say to people now, and I'm coming from the 30 years ago, which I mm -hmm. realize it's not like it is now. Um, yeah. It's, it's infinitely better now. But what I would say to people from oh, there's food. I do need it. It's it's Halloween. We're giving. They're trying to distract me. I'm trying to. Candy. Yeah. No, Bert. So, I want to hear what you have to say. So what I would say is that. Um, it can be incredibly lonely and you feel like yes. a person. Um, yeah. But what I've learned out of life at the age of 55 is that it gets much, much better. And mm -hmm. you probably can't envision where your life is going to go or where you settle out or where you belong, but you will find that place and it will get much better. I was in Palm Springs yeah. with your uncle and his, his his special man friend last weekend and we were doing cannonballs in their pool. You can call him Brian. Right, I have a name. Hi, Brian. <laughs> Hi, Dave. Hey. Hey. You're, but My I think it's empty, by the way. Sarah <laughs> hates you and doesn't want to fill your drink. Sorry. No. I'm good. Yes. Well, you're, see how she's like, she's smart that way. She knows her place. So let me hijack your story. Yes. <laughs> Keep going. We have a house in Palm Springs. 80% of our neighbors are gay. Um, the ones we bonded with the most are the Midwesterners. And we were literally really? this um, last weekend, and they're all sort of our age, but over 50. If somebody five. shut up, you're over 50. I'm over, I said over 50. If somebody could have shown us at, at, you know, your age at 20 or whatever you are, what the life you could have, we would have yeah. lived toward that. We would have not felt so what's much a, despair. What's isolated. And yeah, no, part of the like something that I say in my op-ed is like, it's an incredibly like isolating and lonely thing to be one gay Calvin and like even more so closeted at Calvin because um, if you don't really vibe with like the people who go to Saga, which is like the the LGBT like club, right which like I, I don't, that's not my crowd of people. I'm like somebody who's like, like I'm a business major. I like look straight, I'm very successful. And I kind of define myself by like just my internships and jobs that I've had rather than like, I don't know, other things. And I, that's nothing to say about like, it's not your club, core but, identity, right? But yeah, like I, I forget where I was going with this, but well, um, the muscle bear. What does that mean? What? You're, you're so, neither of those, actually. So Claire, I, what is your, um, <laughs> what is your hope for the, for the LGBTQ community? I mean, what is it that you sort of aspire this community to 
to be? I mean, I want us to feel like we, like at, at Calvin specifically, I want people to feel like they fit in, that they can call Calvin their home because I mean, it's honestly not always a great place. And like, I- Do you think that's so, with Calvin? I don't know. I mean, maybe not for everyone. Like one of my friends is gay and he's like transferring and I'm, he was trying to like talk it through. Out of the school. Out of the school, yes. And, and out of school because of what? Well, so one, he is um, Spanish and Mexican, so he doesn't really fit in racially. Wait, wait. Is it because he's Self- I'm sorry. I'm sorry, because I was raised at a time when everybody was very Dutch there. Is he transferring out because he's Spanish and Mexican or because he's gay or both? He both. And he's also um, not. A Christian. I'm sorry for laughing because that, it just sounds sad. But Claire, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. And I was talking to him and I'm like, you know, I'm not going to convince you to stay here. Like, it's hard. I applied to transfer um, my sophomore year. I wanted to leave. You know, it's it's hard. And I don't I'm not going to tell anyone to stay because like it sucks and like it might not get better for like a lot of people. And that's just like the reality of it. And um, yeah. And if if you do decide to stay and like stay in this environment and like try to like either create change from the inside or to just like make friends and make the best of it, like. I just hope that you would feel included and also like, I mean, you, you will grow from the, the experiences of, I don't know, just gaining resilience and yeah, so I don't know. I don't, Brian, I don't have really have a great answer for that question. After four years, do you wish you had gone to a different university? Yes, I do. Really? I wish I would have gone to somewhere that would have challenged me more like academically. Like I would have loved to go to like Berkeley or, like, I don't know, like Yale or something or like Columbia. Um, Cause I feel like I didn't really have a lot of confidence in my intelligence when I was in high school. Like I didn't really know I was super smart um, and I didn't know that and I could Uncle Bert was like that as well. Yeah. yeah uh, Uncle and, Bert, I, I can read his mind. He's already- Every other teenager. So. He's, also, he's also saying, why would you challenge that? If you got through with flying colors, you should probably just be happy with Okay, so I have- Yeah, no, that's true. But like, I just, I don't know. I want to go to journalism after like I graduate and- um, I don't, it's not like, a, there's not a great program here. What sort of, wait, wait, question. Yeah, we have a lot of questions about journalism. Yeah, I want to do broadcast journalism. My ultimate goal is to be a producer of, um, you guys know, like how I built this from NPR. It's my absolute favorite podcast. Yeah. I, I love, love it. I feel like David like tries to be how I built this sometimes with, with his podcast. A lot of people. Many it's people say it's better than how I built this. Okay. We're honest. Okay. So yeah. let me ask you this. I, I guess yeah. my question for you, Claire, is it's a great podcast. If you is. if you had an opportunity to meet with the president of Calvin, I mean, what would be she has? I, okay, so I'm asking Claire. So what? He gets angry from so, time to time. No, I just so I just want Claire to answer. What would be your message to the president? Of, <laughs> sit, sit, sit up here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I sit in the hot seat. I, I have to go to the bathroom really bad. <laughs> it's not, it's not um, your question. Yeah. So we we do we meet monthly. We have monthly one on ones for an hour. Yeah. And some what, of the things would, that I yeah. What is the message that you would deliver? Yeah. To the university president that you would want him I to convey to the to the people to the students. Yeah. 
I want, I would want him to be able to listen to the students and not always be influenced by like the board of trustees, because I mean, you, you guys know, like the people who are of age to be on the board are like really old, like seventies ish. <laughs> and they went to a Calvin that was very different than the Calvin today. So they have different goals and they have a different vision. And, um, you know, it's hard for President Leroy not to be like swayed by all of the influences. And it's hard for me not to be swayed by all of the different like stakeholders. And I would just encourage him to like, we are here to serve the students. We are not here to make the board happy. And like, yes, we might lose money, but like we need to agree that like, we are going to lose some of this base, but we will find more people who want to support us financially in doing so and standing up and like making a statement and like leading the CRC and our and the denomination and like the college in um, into a more loving um, posture towards like queer individuals and that starts with one like hiring professors and faculty members and um, you know administrators who are queer because I am often the only queer voice in a lot of the rooms that I sit in, in faculty senate and the planning and priorities committee in the facilities task force in I, like all of these high level committees with Calvin's leaders that I sit in, I, it, I'm the only queer voice and like the weight of representing like LGBTQ students shouldn't have to fall to me, but like it does. And it doesn't really make sense how, um, we are so intentional about getting the perspectives of like people, people of color and, um, you know, like diversity and, and racial diversity. And we even have um, somebody who is like appointed for like diversity of the college, but we, we don't have anybody who is openly queer who works there. So, right. yeah, I, I would want to tell him that we need to do that. And then also just listen to students, listen to what they want. And like, I don't know, just I just want to tell him that what I was gonna say do you think he'd be receptive to that do you think he, he um hear your voice yeah well I mean people have told me like not we do have a good relationship and he trusts me and I really appreciate him good. but um yeah so that's really good and I feel like unfortunately like to change with the within the system and to be in the system you have to like act a certain way talk a certain way watch your tone don't be too angry don't say things that are like too provocative because then you'll be like seen as extreme and you won't get any respect whereas like before you would get like a little respect um which is problematic in and of itself but like that's kind of how it works and like I'm I'm trying to change the system and I'm, I yeah but um that being said I I do think he's receptive and people have told me like if you write your story about like coming out and the chimes like don't attach any like stipulations to it and like don't push the, the gay agenda and um <laughs> It's, it's kind of sad because I can't separate my own experiences from my desire for justice in like a place that I know and love. And I can't not say that like, we need to change and we need to do more to like include and love like queer students and like hire more queer faculty. And um, yeah, I, I can't, I can't separate those things Your from my story. Positive. It has. Positive. And part of that is just like being either closeted or like people assume that I'm straight and I don't really present in a way that would make people question like my sexuality and that's a privilege and I recognize that and I totally use that to my advantage and I know that it's been harder for people who um don't have that privilege and like who identify and like present like more I don't know stereotypically like queer so yeah 
who would you say have been your role models during this oh. whole process? I mean, are aside from Bird, I mean, mm -hmm. are there other whether they be figures? Me, I, I, that's I, what he's going for. Yeah. No, David, just say are there, are there role models that you feel have been influential in the in your yeah. Edgar Bouvet, obviously, in your life that yeah. helped you get to this point where you're mm -hmm. at. Because I think, I think it's just, I mean, when I, I, my early recollection of meeting you, Claire, you were four, four, and to see you sort of evolve into this this woman, this beautiful woman, this educated woman, this bright woman, mm -hmm. who fearless is, woman is so influential in in where she's at today and has a voice mm -hmm. for so many people I mean, right. it's heartwarming for me to see that I would never have thought that you know 17 years ago mm, either would I. right yeah. right so you know um I, I kind of forgot my question but <laughs> what is her role model yeah I mean who are your role models yeah for I mean I feel like I don't have like specific like queer Christian role models. Like I sometimes listen to like the Nadia Boltz Weber. I don't know if that's even her name. I like I've listened to some things of hers. Um, I, oh yeah, I don't know. My friend Grace was really great. And Akira, my, oh, I thought I wasn't going to say her name. Now I said her first <laughs> and her last name. Okay. Anyways. Um, yeah, she was like good because she was like, a little older she was like two and a half years older than me so she um no she's like one year older than me but like two years above me anyways she was really um just supportive and like wanted me to just like know who I am and like accept that and like own it um Ryan also just like being somebody who like Ryan's Truick, who I talked about earlier he also came out in chimes I've only met him once but I still like look up to him and yeah, there, I don't know. I don't have like a lot of other people. I mean, I look up to people like professionally, like I've, I don't know. I feel like I don't make like a lot of my identity about my sexuality. I'm more like, like I am. Like, no, I get that. So you know? you say that um, um, being queer is more, Thank God. do you feel being queer is, um, environmental or biological or, or what what is clearly your, genetic or <laughs> what, what is your view on how people are why did you choose this lifestyle i'm sorry that's a great not. question yeah. no, with, with one cousin who's a lesbian and one cousin who's gay how would you define yourself by that genetic <laughs> no i mean like i i feel like so I've, I've asked myself that too. Like if I didn't live in Chapel Hill and like go to a high school that was like super open and like have my best friend who's also identifies as queer, like would I still do that? Like if I was raised in the CRC, would I find ways to be like satisfied with men? Like maybe, I don't know. Um, that's in, a good in, question. Inquiring minds. Good observation. Right. And inquiring minds. I mean, I, I, I want to know because I consider you niece yeah do you are you married um no i'm actually not married no no i'm mean, right, right, right. yeah. so they're living in sin, we're living in sin. Right. We, are, we are not married don't report uh, us 
I, I guess I want to know a little bit more on the personal level, if that's okay. Can I go there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go there. So I want to know, are you more satisfied with a man or a woman? And when was sort of your first experiences with both sex? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like it's, I like, I, I don't have an easy answer for that. Like I've been, um, been just like, by a man? yeah, I don't, I don't want to know. Well then leave. I mean, I'm, I'm here. Okay. But no, but, but seriously, but Claire, think, seriously, Claire, like this is a good question. I, I think it is because I yeah. think, have you had um, multiple orgasms with a man and have you had multiple orgasms with a woman? Right. Are you? Um, well, don't put that in your mouth right now. That's not going to help you. Right. It's it's <laughs> for me it metaphorically was you know a penis, but I I, I just wanted metaphorically. No, it's not really metaphorical. No, it's not. It's, 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 yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not right. So just mm -hmm. I'm just curious. Like, by the way, I'm a, I apologize for Calvin students in advance. Many <laughs> males cannot satisfy a woman. So, but go ahead. Yeah. Speaking from experience, I, I don't know. Like, I've been. I feel like after like a lot of just my like romantic like and sexual encounters like I'm not super satisfied just in general so um that's not really an easy question to answer um do you blame Calvin for that <laughs> I don't I don't know I don't know who I blame I do so <laughs> so um again I just I'm trying to understand a little bit yeah do you find that you're like um do you prefer do you find yourself more like what would be a great first date for you? Mm. Would it matter? Mm. Not where I saw that question going. Oh, okay. No, seriously. So which which what on the Olive Garden menu, which would right. you choose? Right. Would it Nothing. Be? I cannot eat anything at Olive Garden. I don't know. I mean I okay. Unlimited salad. Or the rigatoni <laughs> uh, or the unlimited salad. But I, I, I think can't. I, I'm trying to think of like tell us, tell us your best date you've ever been on. Yeah, what's your best date? Male or um yeah, oh no, that oh, was definitely with um probably with Sam because we went on dates. Wait, 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 that a man or a woman? Sam was the man. Okay. Sam in high school. Sam. We I don't know, it was just like it was a good day because we just like drove around a lot of like we went ice skating and then we just like walked around downtown Durham, which was fun. So yeah. Um, it was just like a lot of activities and then we got food and then we just drove around. So, you know, just did like four or five things. But Akira and I didn't really go on a lot of dates. It was just like whenever we hung out, it was just like she would go to my dorm or like I would go to her apartment and like we'd I'd hang out with her housemates and just like make food or something and Wait, is this watch Sam or is this another person? No, no this is Akira. This is the girl. Akira is also and, uh, a man or a woman? Akira, is, Akira a woman. is a woman. And is she um, Caucasian? She is. Okay. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, how can Akira be Caucasian? That's not a white girl name. It's it's That's not. She, name, she, it's a, it's a, a lot a, of her, like, Japanese name. a lot of the people, like, in, I don't, I don't know how to say it. She, like, comes from, a, like, her city is, like, not super, like, white. So like a lot of the people in her neighborhood like are not white and she like works with a organization that like helps. What's it's called this? Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. She's from and okay. yeah, okay. she, it. yeah. And like the place where she works now is like dedicated to like helping like all, you know, kids find like a 
potential and future and it's not necessarily like black but um yeah when you graduate I mean Mm -hmm. what is it that you eventually want to do I don't know I mean, professional. I mean, I don't know what I want to do professionally. I mean, Everybody asks his question about that. As HR director, yeah. he asks his questions a lot. So, what, so what is your? Where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. DC, living there, living in like a row house with like ten roommates because I did a semester in DC and I had seventeen roommates and I absolutely loved it. It was so much fun. And a lot of young people like in their early twenties in like big cities live in like, I don't know, like big houses with people and like people with similar values. And it would be cool to live with like other Christians or like other people who are like sustainably minded or like focused on like, I don't know, just something that I'm focused on. So that would be really cool to live. What'd you say? Would you use Beaver Falls as a criteria for who lived in the row house? Oh, I, I would not live in Beaver Falls. I want to live in like Washington, D.C. or like Berkeley or like San Francisco, maybe New York. But so, I. Okay, so here's my question now, Claire. I guess. Wait, I didn't finish wait, answering it. Question. I have a question. Just okay, one. go for it. So, um, so do you find yourself able to settle down with a man or a woman yeah so i've asked myself that question what happens too. if you're if you're in a relationship and, and even married to a man and you meet a woman mm-hmm. what happens mm-hmm. at that point in your life do you do you it's called switching teams bro. do you switch teams do you I mean, is it fair to get married to one gender and then find yourself sort of in this quandary of I'm attracted to both genders? Yeah. No, I'm concerned it's going to leave me. That's a good question. I feel like I haven't, I think about that a lot, like who I'm going to marry. Like when I see myself like getting married, I don't see myself with like any particular like person or like gender and I could definitely see myself like not getting married for at least a a while and I think that would be fine and probably good for me just so I can like focus on my career but um you feel that yeah I don't like I don't know if I would um marry like a man or a woman I feel like they're both possible but like just the thought of that is like so not yeah. where I am at life that it's hard yeah. to think about yeah. and I if I did marry a man like I would still identify as like bisexual because like representation is important that. and like just because what you would tell him that's on the oh that's yeah on the I told I told Sam my high school boyfriend that I was like by but, but Sam isn't the person you're gonna marry so, no so if you're dating so, so. a man and he proposes yeah. or even before that I mean do you I yeah Definitely, I would tell him I'm bi. Okay, so do you feel that if you're married, let's say, hypothetically, that you would still want the freedom to be with a woman? Or do you probably you would be I don't I don't that's hard. Like specific for a it's not it's not necessarily both. I think many men would want that. Like either, you know. Like I feel like I want to be married to one person. But once you commit to them, then you just kind of like decide but i don't know i don't know if i want to get married i don't i don't really have all that figured out right now so no i get it yeah. right brian's yeah. gonna slide out and go to the bathroom i'm gonna take the captain kirk chair back uh, number one by the way. 
Uh, uh, yeah, I know. Claire, you're probably going to ask which number he was going to go. He's going to go number one. Uh, yeah, I was going to number. I was going to ask. Put down in your own book. A lot of a lot of ladies ask that question on these podcasts, and I'm always yeah, like, why do women want to know that? And it's it's Sarah always asks me whenever I say I have to go to the bathroom. She's like, which one? And I'm like, come on, honey. I've been married for twenty, almost thirty years. So, Claire, wrapping this up. Okay, we're going to go to the Spitfire round here. Go for it. Man or woman? Bro, woman. <laughs> woman. All right. Um, gay or straight? Gay. Aren't you supposed to say queer? I no. Gay. Gave me. You gave me two options. Like I, you can say gay. Like I've, I've used the term gay. I just like people my age and like my friends don't really say like. I mean, some of them say gay, yeah. but like we usually at least in my friend group just say queer but like you can call me gay if like that's fine that's not offensive um calvin or cadet i, I, I don't even know what, <laughs> what, what that means what are they gems oh good Lord. why do i know that i, I haven't been to crc know. in 30 we, years should know this um yeah. okay what is your only question in life and in death your only comfort um my only comfort in life and death is just knowing that I don't actually know the Heidelberg Catechism. Wow, that is the best answer I've heard from a Calvin University president I, I ever. Mean, technically, you're going to hell, but still, <laughs> we love you. No, um, totally kidding. Okay, Bert or Brock? Oh wait, no, it's that I'm not my own. Yes. Long body and soul. To, yes. to yes. your faithful Jesus savior. Christ. Don't don't tell her that, that. That's the part you should know. I'm her mentor. Okay, okay, fair <laughs> enough. God, Godparent. Okay, Bert or Brian. Careful. Mm, Brian. Oh my God. <laughs> we, all say, we all say that. So we all say that. Well. So <laughs> well. oh, 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 Sissy says that. I actually like Bert a little bit better because Brian's HR and I never got one with HR. Um, <laughs> field hockey or softball? Um, I, I played softball, so softball. Home cool. Depot or Lowe's? What does that even mean? Lowe's? Because they don't donate. Definitely Lowe's. Definitely Lowe's. Yeah. More gay friendly. Yes. Share, sunny or share? Um, sunny. I don't God know. Damn sunny. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. I don't know who that is. You just failed the test. I'm sorry. We have to stop this. Right All right. Okay. Um, Hope or Calvin? Um, Calvin. Hope is like too sheltered for me. Oh, I okay. like this question. Like David Vanderbeer or Jane Vandermeer? Oh my gosh, Jane Vandermeer. I what? love Jane. Vandermeer. After, question, after, question, question. Here's David, a question. David, you have never once in my life reached out to me until I like become famous. So like, I, you know, do you actually love me or do you just want to be connected to somebody who has wow. influence and wow. power like wow. myself? User. Totally user. Wow. I'm pretty sure I've had more dinners with you than my sister has. Uh, no, that's not true. I like have spent the night at her house like four times. When I came out to her, she drove to Calvin and took me out to get lunch and god damn um, there's no mail god damn jane <laughs> I this summer we've no. been to lake michigan on multiple occasions okay fair, fair enough fair enough. fair enough Jane's fair enough right. also gonna say of all the vanderveen she's the only korean can i have my drink please do you know that do you know that jane's half korean no she's not what are you talking about what does so that Claire, even mean tim or david i don't david who yeah, you're exactly. gonna definitely say Tim, but no. When when oh oh David Vanderbeer and his dad. No, no. Uh, my older brother who died. But the um. Oh. 
Bert's Bert's very dark. It's a fair question. No, it's not. Most people liked him better. When when Most when Jane was born, we lived in DC and she was my brother, my older brother, sister, and I all had blonde hair, blue eyes, and Jane had dark, shocking, like oh. this head of shocking dark hair. And people would ask my parents, because there's a lot of Korean adoptions, if we adopted a Korean baby. And so oh my goodness. we still tease my sister, Jane, who is a lovely human being, that she was adopted from Korea, even though she is 100% Dutch free from DNA. So actually, as, a, as a Murashima Dirksy, you might you know, relate to that a little bit. I, I relate completely. Yeah. Um, your your mother also struggled with people trying to find her in a restaurant when they didn't know who she was because yeah. she was a Hiroshima, but very- uh, White. Very, yeah. White. Quite, yeah. Quite, quite. Yeah, she went on inter job interviews as Sydney Murashima, and when she entered the facility, they were visibly disappointed that she was just a white girl <laughs> and not actually Asian. There's a Seinfeld episode about this. Yes. What if I like their people? No. Right. So, um, okay. Last, last, uh, last one. Um, Dutch or Jew? Um, Jew. I'm actually, my mom and I talk about this. We feel like we are like Jewish yeah. and like another life. Like, a lot of when I interned at AEI, which is another whole story. I interned at AEI, by the way. You did not. I did it. I worked for Susie Garment. Um, I did. You actually did? I did, absolutely. Did American, you know that I entered at AEI? I did know that. I found that out uh, this, this summer in DC. And yeah. I was like, okay, you may be the second Calvin uh, person. I, there, I literally, there, it's scary, David, the connection that like Calvin Student Senate and AEI have. It's like you, most of, why? like a lot of my friends have can, interned there. Can I tell you why? Why? Marv Coster's who was a very good family friend of ours, Calvin graduate. And uh, he was he was the head of economics at AEI. He's my mm -hmm. father's age, so okay. 80 now. Barb mm -hmm. Costers was Sarah's uh, sweet mate and my friend growing up in DC. Old Heinz Timmer. But um, the Costers opened the door to uh, to to both. Well, I, I think Wheaton had an open door because we were, you know, it was, it was the Harvard of Christian colleges. Right. But um, but Calvin, Marv Costers got me and other other Dutch CRC kids into AEI. Right. But so who did, yeah. you, work, who did, who did you work for at AEI? So I worked for, I worked in like development for events. So I, I wasn't with a scholar, but well, that's too bad. I met like Michael Strain and Yuval Levin and I'm familiar with like their work. I don't know if you still keep in touch with them. Also the DeVosses are like all, everything is like DeVos at AEI. They, Did you know they, that? Yes. That? Well, so the so obviously we're uh, very affiliated with the Vandals and DeVosses. The Vandals are yeah. very affiliated with Heritage. And my cousin Barb is the chairman of the board of Heritage. I was, uh, I love Barb. I've never been a huge fan of Heritage because- Heritage Foundation? Yes. Really? And um, the DeVosses in the last, I'd say the last decade have become huge AEI fans, which is more moderate. Um, when I was at AEI, mm -hmm. there was no DeVos involvement at all. Really? Okay, that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's such a weird connection. Like the past president was like a fellow at AEI. And then two years ago, um, the student body president was also took like um, like a summer, did like a summer fellowship at AI. And then before that, that president did like a, in, what's it called? Interim in DC and like went to AI. And one of the VPs was an executive council. And then one of the senators also interned there. Um, so there's so much like AI. There's crossover. great. And I would say 
in, in my personal opinion, AEI is a better think tank. It's smaller, but also less, uh, less partisan. And, and when, when I worked there, um, so like Gene Kirkpatrick had the office next to, I worked for Susie Garment, who was the op-ed page editor for the, for the uh, oh, okay. Wall Street Journal. Uh, Jean Kirkpatrick, who was a very bipartisan, she, she worked for a couple different, uh, both, both Republicans and Democrats was there. Mm -hmm. um, Bob Bork, I just gave my Bob Bork signed autobiography to really? Dave Birchie, who is a very, very <laughs> Democrat. And uh -huh. Bob Bork was very, he was a, a, he was one of the most partisan uh, Supreme Court nominees who got rejected. But, uh, and like Norm Ornstein was there at the time. It was, oh, really? It was a great time to be at AEI. It was very fun, two floors. And uh, I, I, work, I, I worked for Susie Garman on her book on political scandal. Uh, because I had just come out of a very, uh, uh, a very popular national political scandal when I was coming out of Wheaton College. What was that scandal? Uh, I was kicked out of college for a uh, po a poem. Oh, okay. And it would be a good time to share that poem. Well, it was. I won't. I won't recite the poem, but it was. <laughs> in, it, was it was in the New York Times. Let's just say that. Okay. Oh, wait, it was in the New York Times. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's. I'm. Come on, you know me. I'm your cousin. I, wait, I didn't know it was in the. I knew this story, but I didn't know it was in the New York Times. My parents found out because it was on the it was in the WGN Evening News and it was on the front page of the of the Chicago Tribune and then it made its way to the New York Times and I got my internship at AEI. I beat out a kid I found out later from Stanford because I had just had my own personal public scandal and this poor smart child from Stanford did not and so they chose me. They had a lot to learn. Well, and by the way, these Wheaton kids, they're not that dumb. And, and they didn't know at that time that it was going to go to Calvin. But when they found right. out, they definitely gave me this, <clears throat> the internship. Fair. But, but, but Marv, so Marv Costers, good family friend, was mm -hmm. the senior economist at AEI at the time. And I think he okay. really helped AEI uh, understand that um, liberal arts students probably are better interns than students from these big universities that don't really know what they're mm -hmm. studying. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was great. I'm thankful for AEI. Definitely like Where did you live? I lived in Noma. Mm. Like yeah, near like Federal Triangle and like Noma stations like equidistant from them. By the way, when I was living in DC, it was very scary. When you're living in DC, very nice place to live. Yes. Mm. Where did you live? I lived on, uh, so I was doing two things. I worked for AEI as an intern, and I also worked for Fred Upton, who's now a senior congressman. Yeah, from, wait, Michigan, right? He is from Michigan. He's from uh, Southwest Michigan. He's, he's uh, from the Whirlpool family. And uh, at that time, he was a junior congressman, and we had a lot of fun. And uh, so I was living up on the hill. I was living on uh, 14th and Massachusetts oh up there somewhere. Wow, I love 14th Street. Well, by that uh, back then it was the DMZ. We had a lot of uh, a lot of activity up there back then. Now it's much nicer. Dupont Square Circle. Uh, Dupont Circle back then was a little dicey and very gay. Uh huh. It's still very gay, but still. much nicer today. Dupont is gay. Dupont Circle oh, is the Castro it's the gay, of it's, DC. It's the Castro. But you know, but these days nobody cares. Like everything's right. gay. Yeah. Back then it was the super gay area. Right. You had very specific gay neighborhoods. And if you went to like Adams Morgan back then, we would go to this place called uh, Cafe Lutrec. It was the it was the bar mm -hmm. you'd go to at the end of the night when everything was closing down. The the waiters 
unclear of their sexuality, would get on the tables and dance, and it was like unbelievable. <laughs> so fun. It, was, it was a different time. It was a different time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. It was, a, it was a little more unsafe, but much more fun. Yeah. No, it was like my wild, crazy times. Claire, I'm going to tell you one story. So I was working for Fred Upton. We had this, we we're on the seventh floor of the Longworth building, which is the junior congressman building. Yeah. And then we had just captured Noriega. And my job as we, well, I was part of it as a. Wait, you, wait, you had what? Wait, what? A, I'm as sorry, a, Mom. As a junior right? intern for this congressman, I felt like I was part of this. And you just best. captured what? Noriega. He was a, he was a, it was a, he was a dictator. In oh, okay. Got it. He was known as Pineapple Face. And so back then when we were very bipartisan as a junior congressional office with a beach, which meant we were on the top floor of the Longworth building with a gravel roof. We could open the window mm. by the gravel roof. We decided to have a daiquiri party, a pineapple daiquiri party because Noriega was called Pineapple, pineapple Face. Face. Right. So I made the flyers, they all went out. And by the way, Ted Kennedy's staff came across the hill to party with us because yes. we had epic party. Wow. Um, the other intern and I went down to Capitol Hill Liquors. We bought 151 uh, rum because I was trying to be cautious with our spend. Right. So you buy less expensive, higher octane uh, rum. Get your bang for the buck, right? We were blending daiquiris in the congressman's central office. <laughs> wow. And everyone's out on, the, on the, out on the beach, the gravel roof, mm -hmm. drinking these 151 daiquiris and not knowing how strong they were. We had... Well, let's just say some things happened where potentially office chairs landed on the sidewalk and other things that today would be very unsettling to many security services. And oh this is goodness. the best part. The congressman came back into, into DC and we had a couple issues we had to settle. And I got called into the congressman's office with his LD. Oh and they said, they said, you know, David, this is a beautiful flyer for the party we did that was bipartisan. And, uh, you know, Ted Kennedy's staff were there. Everybody was there. We were having this epic party on the roof. But they said, you know, when chairs go off the roof of the Longworth building, it reflects badly on the junior congressman. So we can't do that again. Is that true, though? This, well, these days it would be. But I, I'm just going to tell you, things were different back then. Yeah. David, that's an amazing story. I want to throw a party like that. Well, you can't do it anymore because you go to jail and uh, yeah. What's your point? You'd be honest. So my point is that the world used to be a much nicer place in DC. It was much more bipartisan. We had much more fun. And when a couple things happened that HR might have questioned, we just smoothed it over and moved on. So I, I guess my question, my- Brian has questions. I, I, I do, I have a couple of clarity. Yeah, no, I- so What is it that, as I'm listening to you and I'm participating in this podcast, what what is it that you want me to what? Leading, leading the podcast? Okay, what is it that you want me to sort of take tomorrow. away from this? What what is it that you want? Where do we go from here, Claire? Well, yeah, that in mm -hmm. if I'm struggling with a lot of issues, it's definitely struggling with a lot of issues. I am, but what, but if I'm sort of in your shoes. Whether what size are they? What brand? Show us your Seven shoes. and a half. And Dan Smith. Yeah. What, what is it that you can share with me that would enlighten and and maybe open the doors to where you've been, make it easier for me to 
either a closeted gay Jewish man trying to come out out in West Michigan in 2020. (laughs) Brian, honestly, you I like I said this before, I don't have all the answers, and I feel like something that um, a different generation than someone shared with me is like when you tell your story and like when you're like open and like vulnerable with it, like people will find your people will find you. So like that's that's not a great advice because like, I know that not everybody has like the economic like security to um, be able to like come out and be public about their story and, you know, and whatever identity they might occupy. But yeah, somebody just like told me once, like just tell your story and like your people will find you. Everybody is not necessarily your people. You will find your people, but yeah. it's not them. And that's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Write that down. So uh, right. it's written down in my heart already. Question, I know that. Eh, so Claire, what is it on probation, but you're, you're okay for now. So, so Claire, what what is it that you like most about me? Finally, <laughs> <laughs> we get to the question. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I've appreciated like if we were the, playing cards against the, the, the answer would be the question like like is what do you like about them? Go ahead. I feel like there's not. I haven't seen this like boldness like there's, my whole life. Well, there's there's two questions. If this is cards against humanity. There's two cards we're trying to find the answers to the gays and the Jews. Go ahead. Claire. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. I my mom and I, as you know, we are just talking about Cindy we Jewish. And yes, Cindy and I were Jewish in a past life, as as we know. Um, no. And um, yeah, I just so you Japanese. know love the questions, love the boldness. Love that you're gay. That's that's nice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I like it that it's gay too. Yeah. I it's, it's so great. Jewish at this point, I'd be like, why would he be here? No, I would be like, yeah. uh, no, I was, I'd be like, Brian, you're gay and you're Jewish. And right. Like, be like, what? I'd be like, you're living with another man. You're not an odd couple. Right. Right. You're probably gay at this point. Right. right. And I mean, Claire. I mean, really. I mean, you've known us for a couple since you were. Yeah, five. You've always known us as a couple. I mean, do you remember a time before they were gay? You're probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wait, wait, were you guys dating when I was no, born? No, we were, we're always in a relationship. No, we've been. Were you in a relationship? When did you start your relationship? Uh, day one. Six thirty oh four. Right. How did it work? Was it? No, it was just from the very start. Like we were <laughs> docking. I don't know. Did you guys do docking sixteen no, years ago? No. no. <laughs> Sarah's leaving. So, yeah, I mean, I've always, you know, I've, I've watched you grown up. I've watched you mature. I've We've all watched you, Claire, very you privately. Know, into this woman Thanks. that I just, I'm in awe of. So, can I share a story about you that you don't know? Yeah. No, that's, a, that's a good answer, Claire. Is it the car? Is it the car story? Car story? Okay, no. Yeah. Then you can tell so it. You were living in Cota de Casa. It was you, you and Nicole in the car with your mom. Mm-hmm. And it was the when Prop 8 was on the ballot, which sought to, I think, take marriage rights away from gay people. But it was a confusing ballot initiative. It was a confusing ballot initiative. Anyway, you guys lived in Cota, down Oso at, at Antonio Parkway. There was a more there is a Mormon church. And there were a bunch of people, uh, probably Mormons, and God bless Mormons, love them, but they were all protesting to take the marriage rights away from the gays in the state of California. Mm-hmm. And you asked your mom, 
what are they doing? What what is the point of that? And your mom. You're talking, about, you're talking about Cindy now. Cindy, my sister, yes, your mom. Cindy said, well, they're protesting because they don't think gay people should be married. And both you and Nicole said, well, that's not fair. As if there was no other factor involved in that discussion. Just that that mm-hmm. wasn't fair. And I remember that. And I think that was a testament to the way she raised you. Mm-hmm. The way you turned out. So Yeah. No, I was raised very well. Very well. I'm thankful yeah. for that. And the uncle influence, I assume. Also, yeah. David. What, is, what does Don think? Is the, does Don think that's fair? I think Don would say that's not fair. Yeah, I think Don is on our team. No, Don is definitely on your team. I just wanted to hear. Right. And I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Don is on your team, Claire? Um, yeah, I do. I do okay. too. Okay, good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I think since marrying a Dirksy, we have pushed Don beyond his comfort levels repeatedly. Mm-hmm. But I think that's been good for him. And us. Yeah, and I'm I'm just realizing like how he wasn't, I don't know, he wasn't always like super like that so yeah right, thanks right. for uh doing that groundwork before i got here it's nice uh, i think you. he's good for us and, and we're good for him yeah i think so too we are all progressing hopefully yes we are right we're never done i've no. always enjoyed my conversations with don i've always you know what i love i love it that your so mother what was the last conversation you had with don what was it about time. well we were we were um it was probably 20 years ago. Whoa, I'm not that old. Okay, 15 years ago. I remember we were at their house. Yeah. And that was probably the last conversation you had with Don. Don and I I talk a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Offline. Not a podcast. No, I've always loved your father. I've always noticed that your father and your mother maybe are, you know, not always at the same place. I don't know how they make it work. Uh, It baffles me. It's beyond me. And by the way, Sarah and I also struggle with this where I'm often ahead of Sarah. I'm saying that because she's not going to say anything. <laughs> Sarah's always ahead of me. And then she brings me along like, a, like, a, like, a, like a, a slow child. Mm. I didn't use that term. I, I was about question. to correct you. <laughs> right on the edge of my tongue. But um, no, I just, I'm, I'm very impressed with your father. And, uh, and I feel his pain because we all struggle to find our place in a world that's quickly moving forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think we all benefit from giving everyone a little bit extra grace right now when we're trying to figure out where we stand in this world. As, as we started tonight, when I literally do not even know how to talk about these things anymore, not because I'm a complete idiot, but just because I'm trying to be respectful of people at different points in their journey. Yeah. No, thank you. you. You lead with mockery because that's our comfort level. Well, sarcasm is our spiritual gift. For I feel that it it's, is. Our, it's in our DNA. We right. can't help it. I, I, you have to acknowledge my disability. I do. Thank you. And I, and I, I hope you acknowledge yours. mine. I do. I've always acknowledged your disability. Claire. David. I, I want to say thank you. I do too. I, I love Claire. I think this has been enlightening for me. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's the first opportunity that we've really had to talk about this and yeah. sort of really just hear your views and, and where you stand on the issues and this whole coming mm-hmm. up process for me has been very educational, very enlightening. And I, I truly love you with every ounce of my being Aww. because I really 
By the way, it's, it's gotten bigger over COVID. It's slightly <laughs> bigger over COVID. But I, I really, I, I just, I'm so impressed with the women that you, that you are and that you've become. And I just, I just love you for who you are. And I just, yeah. I'm so glad that you're in my life and I'm in yours. And I just, I am too, Brian. Yeah, me too, Claire. I just, I just, Thanks. I, yeah, no, I love you too. That's so good to hear. And that's encouraging. And I, I so appreciate this conversation. I hope that we can keep, yeah, uh, keep it going. I support totally. you and everything you do. And mm -hmm. it's so wonderful to see. Also, you. tell Jane I'm your second favorite fan. Right. It's okay if I'm not the first. Right. Okay. Right. I will. Or maybe Sarah's the third, but I'll be fourth. I don't, I don't know, Sarah. I don't know if I've ever, wait, who's Sarah? I've met. Claire, hey Sarah, come over here. No, wait, Sarah. I thought that there was a Sarah, the sister Sarah. Well, there is. It's, we're Dutch. Uh, were you talking so. about Sarah Vanderveen or other Sarah Vanderveen? There's Sarah Tucker, who's my sister. Okay, Sarah who Tucker. Sarah, who was Sarah Vanderveen for much of her life? Sans age. Sarah, can you come over here? Yeah, I, sorry. I just. I, I know you, Sarah. I didn't mean to say I didn't. Yeah, I know I've met Claire. These, these guys seem to fill the. the uh, it's so like us. Fill the air with, with their words fairly well. So I was just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. This is my dialogue editor from Calvin University. Many wow. years ago. And Chime staff from Calvin I, Okay, I actually produce a podcast um, through the Chimes. Fun fact. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. wow. That's, that's so great. I need to listen in. Have you, have you considered a, a podcast with Spark? No. Why? Do they have one? I don't know. Does, does I, the Spark is the alumni magazine. magazine. I just always think it's, I, was, I always thought it was funny. It's called Spark. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Claire. Yes. Who's your favorite Vanderveen? <laughs> um, so you know the answer. It's Jane. God Jane. Damn it! I keep, I keep asking Jane. the wrong answer. You know it's Jane. No, I know. And Jane, Jane's everyone's favorite Jane's Vanderveen. Jane's yeah. amazing. Yeah, Jane is like the family member that I have in college because my family like doesn't. I don't really see my family, so she's like. She just lets me sleep at her house and well she's half Korean, so it makes sense. Korean. Yeah. Sarah's about to but show. you know, I, I love you too, David. No, it's okay. We're I it, it's a lot. Your your cousin, your uncle Bert will tell you. But um okay, so let's wrap this up because I think this is this has been Claire, this is really, really good. Um and, yeah. and I've been having some fun with it and playing around, but uh huh. To Brian's question, I think it's a good one. Mm -hmm. This is all coming out tomorrow. Calvin College and the CRC, I'm sure, will have some reactions. And I'm, oh yes, I'm guessing this may make the local news with the Grand Rapids oh, probably. press and probably. Um, you know. I, you know, I'm already on um, your podcast, David. So that's really <laughs> all that matters. Literally nothing. <laughs> Nothing's more international. No, no, no. <laughs> Kick aspirational. You know, that's that's the highest. It's, it's about as strong as it comes. But question: <laughs> Leaving, you know, you're in West Michigan right now. There's mm -hmm. going to be a reaction in this local community, which is mm -hmm. maybe a bit more conservative than other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. What do you hope this message? really does for the, the community that you're in right now? I, so like I said before, um, I feel like stories and stories can really speak to people's hearts more than like a really well-crafted argument can like speak to logic. And I just hope that I'm able to, I don't know, really just 
people can connect with my story if they like don't really know how to feel about it. Um, I also appreciate how a lot of people don't really like see it, don't see it coming. And that just shows that like a lot of people who are like gay, bisexual, like lesbian, like we exist in all areas of, you know, culture and society. Um, and then for students, lastly, I just want them to feel like they can make it and they have somebody to look up to who is like proud of their queerness and of their faith. And um, who else do I want to reach? I don't know. I just want well, people like me who want to be queer but aren't sure. Yeah, I want to reach you guys too and like tell you that it's okay to be a lesbian. Just kidding, you're not a lesbian. Like, but I just not only to be a lesbian, but to love a lesbian and to accept a lesbian and to embrace a lesbian. Yeah, like as a human. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know. I mean, there there are so many people who come before me in this discussion and so many people who have been doing it longer. And I feel like I don't know if I'm the most qualified person to speak on like advice to all queer people or society, but just like the CRC, I want us to have more conversations. Calvin, I want us to have more queer faculty students. I just want you to know that you can make it right. Bottom line. That's all those I'm trying great, to do. Those are great comments, Claire. And you know, we've, we've been trying to have some fun with it because I know some people are very reactive to this and I, I hope that doesn't offend people in the gay community or people who aren't gay. I just, I felt that I'm offended. Well, Bert's always offended, but I just felt like, you know, a couple of, uh, we have three alum, Calvin alumni in the room, plus a Jew. And I just felt. <laughs> <laughs> With reason, all I love saying that, by the way. From cards Against <laughs> Humanity is one of my favorite games. But I just, I just felt like, you know, two of my favorite cards are the, <laughs> the, the, the Jews and the, and the gays. And the, and the gays. Yeah. yeah. And, I, you know, I just thought it'd be fun to have uh, some people who are, can be a little bit lighthearted about this while you're coming yeah. in the very, you know, in a way that could be, yeah. you know, fairly confrontational West Michigan. It will be. Yeah. And um, we love you, we support you, we want you to be happy. And uh, when you're done with those people, come to West, come, come, come to Southern California, it's not all bad here. Okay, I might, might have to work for you or something. We'll, 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 he we'll doesn't have a job, we, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Buddy. Yeah, no, I love you guys too, and thank you. David, for having me today on on the Kick Aspirational podcast. Thank you, everyone, for asking me questions. Yeah, yeah. 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 And tell Jane that as her your new second favorite Vanderveen, she's still good. Okay, great. As far as that goes, I'll pass it along. <laughs> we love you, Claire. Thank you, you for tonight. Yeah. Me and too. Uh, whatever you do this week, Claire, I'll text you tomorrow. Be Kick Aspirational. I will. Cool. All right. <laughs>